Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast on the Class. Breakfast on the Class today and the learning for this entire week and all of the many classes dedicated by the Torah Center founders, Ruti and Rafi Fuzailov, in honor of our soldiers in the IDF, those who have bravely fallen, as well as for the recovery of those injured. Also for the Refuah Shilema of Eliyahu Shimon Mazar Fortuneh and Chana Batsamafega, and as well uh, sponsored uh, the, Co- the Week of Kobru by David E. Ash in honor of you and your unwavering commitment doing good for the state of Israel and for others around you during these challenging times today and every day. My friends, um, before we begin today's class, it would be remiss of me uh, not to point out that uh, today we are suffering, Am Yisrael, an unbelievable loss, the loss of 21 lives in the collapse of two buildings um, in, uh, in Khan Yunis in the fighting. Uh, 21 soldiers passed away in this horrific, horrific tragedy, uh, doing their very best to protect Am Yisrael. Um, if we could all try to take some time today uh, to focus a little bit on Teshuvah, on a personal level of Teshuvah, to try and improve our character and our ways in their merit, to try perhaps to learn some Mishnayot for, their, uh, for the sake, for the Nishama, for Ilui Nishama, to do some Mitzvot, Tzedakah uh, for them. And of course, Belineder, uh, uh, after the class, we're going to do Ahashkava for uh, all of these holy Nishamot. As well, there are many, many that were injured. I believe they said it was, last I checked, it was 11 that were injured, with two that are in critical condition, uh, fighting for their lives. So today's class should be a zechut for those neshamot, a zechut for the refuah shlema, for those that are, that are, uh, that are struggling. And be'ezrat Hashem will be zocheh to hear good news and to hear the end of this soon. Meravi amenu. Amen. My friends, the pasuk tells us, Vayikach Moshe et asmot Yosef ammo. And Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him. And Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him. I find this a little bit challenging to, to understand. And let me explain why. Famously, the Midrash comments on this pasuk. And Midrash says, Chacham lev yikach mitzvot. A person who is wise of heart will take mitzvot. Now, many people know this Midrash, but ironically, they don't know the end of the Pasuk in Mishle. In Mishle, the Pasuk continues and says, And a simpleton, a fool, his lips yilabet. Interesting word. Anyone here speak Hebrew? Do we have a Hebrew speaker amongst us? Nope, not Yilaveh. Yilabet, Yud Lamed, Bet, Tet. In Hebrew, in modern day Hebrew, if a person says, Ani mitlabet, what does that mean? It means, I cannot make up my mind. I'm oscillating back forth between this or this. Ani mitlabet, ma'ala asot. The commentators give either of two explanations for those words. Either, that I am unsure, I have not made up my mind. So a simpleton, a fool, Sifatav, he speaks this way, he speaks that way. But a wise man, Yikach Mitzvot, that's one opinion, approach. The second approach in the word Yilabet means 
His lips are moving, they're working. They are, they're struggling, they're, they're putting in effort, okay? So if you understand it that way, it would be an expression like the expression we have in Arabic, haki balash. You have one person, he does the mitzvah, and the other guy, his, his lips are hard at work. What a fascinating expression uh, in, in, uh, in, in, the, in, the, in Mishle. However, what I want to attack, what I want to understand over here is, what are these two understandings, what are these two comments that, the, that Mishle is making to us? That a wise person takes mitzvot, and a fool, he, uh, you know, his, his lips work overtime. Or he doesn't, he's not sure what he, you know, what he wants to commit to. So he talks like this, he talks like that. What are we communicating? And as well, what are we communicating with regards to Moshe Rabbeinu? It's hard really to understand. You know, imagine you said, this rabbi is amazing. You know why? He's Shomer Shabbat. There used to be a song that uh, I, when I was growing up, and uh, we always thought it was very funny. You know why? The song goes like this. Uh, give me... Uh, Ima, 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 help me to clean my room. Abba, Abba, Abba. Anyone here know this? Mashiach is coming soon. Give me Torah. Ima, give me bracha. Abba, bless me Hashem. Amen. Mashiach is coming soon. Now here's the bit. Ready? Every day in yeshiva, I learn Torah a lot. I'll be Talmid Chacham and Shomer Shabbat. And we always thought that was hilarious. You know, Shomer Shabbat is... You know, that's when a person's like in the threshold of becoming religious, right? That's something that, it's not like someone who's religious has to tell you, you know, I'm very religious, I keep Shabbat. That's a given. You know, when you're very religious, you're already deciding, do I use the Eruv? Do I not use the Eruv? You know, am I Chalav Yisrael? Am I Bishul Yisrael? You know, a person's getting higher and higher. Obviously, certain things are obligatory, certain things are extra. Bishu Yisrael for Sepharadim is more strict. Halav Yisrael, etc., etc. My friends, do you understand? You're telling me about Moshe Rabbeinu that he's very wise. You know why? Because he takes mitzvot. Obviously. <laughs> he's the greatest prophet that ever lived. You're telling me, you know, he doesn't eat non-kosher. Moshe Rabbeinu stopped eating out. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> What are we talking about? Moshe Rabbeinu never misses a day of tefillin. What? What are we saying? So that's one question that we ask. And a second question that has to be asked is the timing of this pasuk. When did Moshe take the bones of Yosef with them when they left Egypt? I just gave you a hint. I just gave you a hint. At the end of what? So when did he take them? When they left Egypt. That's when he took them. Yes? Where are we now? We're crossing the sea. Why did you wait to tell me that he took the bones of Joseph now when they're crossing the sea? Tell me he took them when he took them. Now, what Adina is suggesting in protecting them is not enough. It's because even if it's protecting him, even if, by the way, the Midrash agrees with you, it says that when they came to the Yamsuf, the sea saw and it ran away. 
What does it mean it ran away? It ran away from the guy who ran away. Who ran away? Yosef ran away from Potiphera. So the sea ran away and the merit of his running away. I get it. But now is not when he took him. Tell me he took it then. Now you want to indicate to me that this is happening because of it. So reiterate that the bones of Joseph crossed with them in the ocean. But tell me he took it right back then. Why are you telling me he took it now? My friends, um, I think that there are a few different answers that really help us understand and open up this, this sugya, this question, in a beautiful way. If you open up that pasuk in Mishle, you'll find the commentary of Malbim. Malbim says something unbelievable. He says, never other than this pasuk in Mishle, do we find the words yikach and mitzvot or mitzvah together. Normally when it comes to a mitzvah, what do we say? Person is shomer. You keep a mitzvah. You listen to a mitzvah. You fulfill a mitzvah. But you don't find anywhere else the word kicha or likicha when it comes to mitzvot. To take a mitzvah. So when the Midrash is saying that Vayikach Moshe Tatzmot Yosef Immo, that Moshe took the bones of Joseph with him, and the Midrash says on this, this is what it means when it says, Chacham Lev Yikach Mitzvot, what is it saying? What is it communicating? It's saying something unbelievable. Let's look at the explanation of Malbim over there. Forget over here for a minute. He says, that the end of the Pasuk is incredibly important for understanding the beginning of the Pasuk. Most people, if you tell them this Pasuk, will know the beginning of the Pasuk in Mishle. But they don't pay attention to the end. They don't remember the end. Sometimes we know a Pasuk in Mishle because of the Midrash and Rashi in the Chumash. We're not so uh, well-versed necessarily. But listen to what Malbim says. He says something incredible. He says, you take any person in this world and you ask him to do the mitzvot of the Torah, it's a struggle. It's difficult. Why? Because the programming of a human being is not in sync with the programming of the Torah. It takes time to win over a person's selfishness, a person's um, desire to be uh, unfettered, to not have anyone tell them what to do. Our desire for independence, to do what we want, when we want, to act how we want, to think what we want about people, to say what we want about people. And the Torah says, don't say that, don't do that, don't buy that, don't eat that, don't go there, not today, not tomorrow either, and also not during Chol HaMoed. Three weeks, no shaving. You understand, for Ashkenazim. Nine days, no meat. You understand, all these things, Torah is asking us to do. The opening uh, scene of Jews and mitzvot is where a person needs to have the mitzvot conquer his territory. So normally, what do we talk about? A person guarding a mitzvot, listening to the mitzvot. Eventually, a wise person, a wise neshama, what do they do? What do, they do? 
They work on their internal world to not agree to do a mitzvah, to not accept to do a mitzvah, to not listen to a mitzvah, but rather to desire a mitzvah. Where else do we have the word yikach or lekicha in halacha? Does anyone know? In taking a wife. The Mishnah says that we learn the laws of how a person is mikadesh, becomes uh, married from kicha, kicha, misdefron, from the marat ha What did he want? What did Avraham want? He wanted Maratha Machbelah so much that he was willing to pay an exorbitant amount for it. An amount that was far, far, far more than the value of the earth itself. And you know why Avraham was willing to pay such a huge amount for that field? Because he understood that this was not a piece of land, but the value was what was hidden underneath it, what was what was buried beneath its surface. In fact, the very language of Maratha Machpela is that it was of two floors. One opinion is it was called the cave of doubles because uh, doubles would be buried there. Couples would be buried there. Four couples. Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, um, Abraham and Sarah, Yitzchak and Rivka, Yaakov and Leah. But the second opinion is that it was of two layers. That there was a, uh, a top part and there was a cave beneath it. My friends... What are we saying here? What are we communicating? That this holy place is Marata Machpela. Who cares about the, uh, the tectonic structures beneath the earth? It's a burial place. Who cares if you bury it here, bury it there? That the Torah needs to talk about Marata Machpela. And the answer to that is, my friends, that the beauty of that place was not in its location, not proximally, not uh, the fact that it's connected close to Harazetim. What made it special is what was underneath the earth, what was beneath the surface. And once Abraham understood what was there, Adam and Chava, Abraham was willing to pay any price. It was something that he bought. And you know what he felt after he bought it and spent such a huge amount of money to get it? He felt that he was the lucky one, that he'd acquired, that he'd won, that he had the better part of that deal. My friends, that's what it means. Chacham lev yikach mitzvot does not mean that a wise person takes a mitzvah. It means that a wise person is so excited that they take a mitzvah. We use the same word for this as we use to acquire for yourself a partner in life. That desire... That connection means that the heart itself has changed. Not what I do is different, but what I want is different. What I desire is different. That's chacham lev. A foolish person says the Malbin, he's still in a place where even though he knows what's right, he talks like this and he talks like that. I'm not sure, you know, if I go to shacharit now, Maybe I won't be as awake for my Torah learning later. That's a fool. A fool is still letting his lips dictate. Evil, you know what makes him such a fool? Sifatav yilabet. The word sifataim in Hebrew means lips. But it also has another interpretation. And Paro is standing 
Al Sifatayor. Sifatayor means the edge of the river. That's why lips are called Sifatayim, because they are on the edge of a person's uh, body. And what do we mean? Is an all of a person at the edge of a person's body? Is your skin on your hand any more on your edge than, the, than your lips? The answer is yes. Why? Because the lips are the transference, literally, from inside to outside. There's no other place on the body where you have literally the skin turning from one place to another. Okay? Now that place, Sifatayim, not only is it that way physically, because there is another place in the person's uh, lower regions where you have an element of that, but the difference is that when it comes to those places, and this place, that this mouth, so to speak, is capable of not only showing it's the edge of the river in terms of its physical properties, but also in terms of using your words to communicate the ocean that's raging inside of you. Your anger, another person might not understand it unless you have your words. Your love, another person might not understand. Your confusion, your pain. Therefore, these are called the Sfataim. Why? Because they bridge our inner world and our outer world. They help the outer world experience our inner world. Says the Pasuk in Mishleh, you know how you understand if someone is wise? If his heart is taking mitzvot, not his hands, not his lips. A fool is a person where all of the work is done by the sifatayim, by the external. He hasn't yet brought it from the outside in. He's giving tzedakah, but what's the reason why he's giving tzedakah? For the fame, for the glory, for external reasons. He hasn't desired yet to do the mitzvah for its own sake. My friends, according to this, we come back to our question, we understand it on a much deeper level. Chacham Levi Kach Mitzvot is not just saying Moshe did a mitzvah. It's saying that Moshe grabbed a mitzvah. He married a mitzvah. Kicha, kicha, miste Efron. He was so close, so intertwined with it, that you know what happened? When everyone else in Egypt was running for money, where's Moshe running? For the bones of, of uh, what's it called? Of Yosef. Like Adina correctly pointed out, when did the Jews go and find all of the uh, riches of Egypt? You know when they found out about the Rolex the guy had in his closet? During Makat Choshech, they were able to see everything that the Egyptians had. So the Jews were going out and they were finding, what were they finding? They were finding mitzvot. They were finding, excuse me, wealth. What was Moshe doing? He was finding the bones of Yosef. Now let me say something. That's not fair. They were told to do it. Moshe, in fact, commanded them to do it. Remember that? Moshe said, go. Why didn't Moshe say that? Because God said that. God said, please, please. He asked Moshe and he said, please, tell the Jews to go and ask their neighbors for uh, their wealth, their clothing, all special things so they could leave Egypt. Hashem tells Moshe, Moshe tells the people, the people go and, and Moshe does something else. And we're like, wow, Moshe. 
What do you want from the people? You know what the answer is? You know what it means, yikach mitzvot? It means that Moshe had become a connoisseur of mitzvot. Now, if you don't know anything, you might go and buy a cubic zirconia stone, thinking it's a diamond. If you don't know anything, you might buy a fake Rolex on the street and not know the difference. But you know what happens when you know something? When you know about watches, or you know about diamonds, or you know about cars, it's not a question if you buy a fake one or a real one. You start to become a connoisseur. What number, what level clarity, how big. The other person is like, wow, shiny, great, let's go. You know, that's it. The level of discernment changes. It's true that there was a mitzvah to go out and get, what's it called? Uh, to go out and get the riches. And you know why there was a mitzvah? Because God had promised the Jewish people would leave with a great fortune. But you know what every Jew could have said about that great fortune? Great, everyone else is asking for it. Problem solved. I have an opportunity to do a mitzvah that no one's doing. Let me rephrase that. I have a mitzvah to do, I have an opportunity to do a mitzvah that no one wants to do. I have an opportunity to do a mitzvah where there's no inherent benefit baked in. That mitzvah nobody wants. But you should ask yourself if you have a wise heart. How come everyone wants that mitzvah and not enough people want that mitzvah? You tell people today to say parashat haman. Very happy to say it. Some people say it twice. Then you have people complaining about the fact that we're still saying Avinu Malkenu when 21 soldiers died. It takes an extra two minutes. We really should cut it out. And this is what the Pasuk is telling us. Chacham Lev means you start to develop a real and true appreciation for mitzvot. And not only do you do a mitzvah, but you start choosing the very best mitzvah in any given situation. Everybody on this earth has a fixed amount of time. What will you use your time for? Are you going to choose to do the mitzvot that are easiest for you? The mitzvot that you already love to do? Or are you going to start to develop a taste? for mitzvot that you don't yet have an appreciation for, and work hardest to bring those mitzvot into your psyche. My friends, that's the chidush of Moshe. And that's why it's telling us about the fact that Moshe took the atzmot Yosef in this point. You know why? I love this. The Jewish people took a lot of money in Egypt, but that's not where they got their real wealth. Anyone know where they got their real wealth? The, uh, the the From Kriyat Yamsuf. That means, and Chachamim tell us, that walking away from that ocean, every Jew was rich. You, understand? you hear that? I don't know how Shadchanim figured out who to service then. But either way, the point is, right, the sea splits. All of the booty washes up. They take everything. The, the Midrash tells us that the person who had the least walked away with 90 donkeys laden with, uh, with, uh, uh, with precious stones and gold and silver. Everything that you could ever imagine. My friends, my friends, when is the last minute that Jews don't have to worry about money? It's Kriyat Yamsuf.
the last moment when there's a challenge of money versus mitzvah is when? At Kriyat Yamsuf. So the Pasuk gives us the very last moment of Vayikach Moshe et Atzmot Yosef Imo. Up until that point, my friends, you know, now it's a chidush. The minute they get to the other side, now I have all the money in the world. Now you want me to spend an extra hour learning a day? No problem. I'm in. Look at how much I care about mitzvot. Well, now that it's easy, you care about mitzvot. Could you give tzedakah? Now that I have tons of money. But who gives tzedakah when they don't have? Who gives uh, time when they don't have? When you're going to retire and be in the old age home, and you're going to give someone 10 minutes of your time, all you've got is time, honey. Well, maybe not that much longer, but during the days that you're alive. Is it a big deal when you have nothing to do and no job and you're sitting there doing nothing? That's what, now I have time. So now I'm going to give time. Says the Mishnah, Al Tomar, don't say, When I will be free, when I'll have free time, that's when I'll learn. Number one, maybe you will not get to that point and maybe you will never have free time. But Rav Shach learns a different approach. And I'll end with this. Rav Shach says that that's not what the Mishnah means. It doesn't mean maybe you won't have free time. That's not what it means. It means, Shema loti Maybe what God wants from you is an eshne, a learning, whilst you are in a situation of loti that I don't have time. Hashem doesn't want you learning when you have time. He wants you learning when you don't have time. He wants your tzedakah when you don't have money. He wants your patience when you have no more patience. Chacham lev yikach mitzvot. When you're wise, you chase him. And you know how you chase him? Not by paying lip service. Oh, I love Torah. I love Hashem. I love being Jewish. I have a Jewish heart. All of those words. Rather, we've worked on your heart to the point where your very desires are Torah and mitzvot. What you want more than anything out of life is for your child. The other day, to do the right thing, the other day I was approached and a woman said, my son got into an incredibly prestigious university. And I'm so happy he did not take that placement. I don't know where he would be today. Here's a mother who pushed, pushed, pushed for her child to be able to achieve, to be able to get to the right place. But my friends, now she sees what's going on on those college campuses. You know, a lot of times we figure these things out, but we figure them out too late. A chacham lev is proactively taking those mitzvot. May Hashem bless us to always grab opportunities. And on the note of grabbing opportunities, Please grab the opportunity to spend a couple of minutes with Rabbi Ruvain, who is going to be learning Mechtav Meliyahu uh, with, uh, with uh, us after this class. And please take the opportunity to wish Dan Arbus a happy birthday on his, uh, on his very special day, a day where the world was blessed with the entrance of this special Chacham Lev uh, to our midst. Happy birthday. Rabbi Hanayah